0: Amen. Oh my gosh. Can you tell I've been gone? I'm so hungry to be with you guys and to be in worship with these guys. Ah, And my wife, she's so out of control. I don't know what the deal is. I'm such a rock compared to her. Um, we uh, no, you know, there's so much tenderness around um, when we were on sabbatical. For those of you that, uh, that don't know me, I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here. Linda was... Um part of the worship team and led that last song. We, we've been on sabbatical for um, 12 weeks. And so uh, our church is, is gracious enough to uh, have allowed that every seven years. And, um, and we went and just met with the Lord. So our hearts were full from him, but, but we missed you. And we're super glad to see you and glad to be back. The sabbatical was 12 weeks. It was probably three weeks too long. Like I was just hungry to be with you uh, by the end of the thing and, um, and to be in worship. Um, in this place where I know your heart, so it's good to be together. Welcome back. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. We feel really welcome. We feel really loved and welcome, and and um and so grateful for um, the way that the rest of the staff covered for the things that we do um, while we were gone, so that we could go and meet with the Lord. I love the fact that uh, Ben uh, began this series as the last in this series. You know, next Sunday is uh, uh, the first Sunday in Advent, so we begin the season of anticipating the coming of the Lord. That's what Advent's about. It's going to be so great. I'll be back to preach next, uh, next Sunday with you, Thanksgiving weekend, right? And uh, we'll be uh, celebrating Advent. But this is the last in this idea of preparing your heart for the holidays. I think it's such a great sermon title this to say, this is real. Let's get right in this place and figure out how can I be who I need to be during this holiday season, like, what's next for me? What's this season about God? And this was sort of the one topic that's kind of left over after the things that Ben uh, and Danny, I think, preached one of them uh, over the last couple of uh, several Sundays. This idea of bringing and being the best you. Preparing our heart is about getting to the place where we can bring and be the best version of us, the best version of you, of, of who we really are when we come into this holiday season. man. I mean, we may have, you may have experienced what I'm talking about, that, that slice of, of, of that moment, that event, that, that, that uh, special time where you just knew you were living out of who you really were. And this is, listen, this is a God thing, right? This is not just, you know, I mean, we're talking about who God made you to be. With all of that, you, you were, you're living into that moment and you see the fruitfulness and the maturity coming out. And, 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 if, and if you weren't tempted to pride, you'd say, I'm killing it right now. Like this is, I'm bringing the best me and God's blessing it. And people around are finding the fruit of that. Like you, you, you may know those moments in your life. They were easy for me to imagine on sabbatical, by the way, I wasn't working. I wasn't hanging out with my family. It was so easy. You may know those moments. I'm experiencing a couple of those moments now. I mean, Ben mentioned last week, if you were here, we, we ended our sabbatical with the um, really surprising and quick demise of my stepfather's health. My mom and stepdad had been married 31 years, been together 37 years, 36, seven years, and uh, his health turned for the worse, and very quickly he deteriorated, and he passed away two Saturdays ago. And, uh, and my mom, of course, is a mess, and my kids have lost their grandpa, and I've lost my stepdad. And this is just my tank was so full coming back, and my needle went from this is awesome to boom, empty. Just the details, and this. And if any of you know, when you hit a crisis in your family, some other members in your family dynamic, like things start falling off the tray, right? Everything gets a little wonky. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. The best version of me that I was bringing to the table is just really a struggle right now. I feel empty. And and this is how life goes, isn't it? Whether it's circumstances, whether, whether it's just our relative ability to be the mature person we want to be, we go up and down. And how is it that we can move toward being the best version of ourselves during this holiday season? It's hard to come by this consistently mature and fruitful and unique person that God made us to be and wants to bring to the, to the table, so to speak, it's hard. We've tried, haven't we? We've tried for it to be consistent. We've, you know, we've, even, even on sabbatical, when I was so full and it was so easy and I wasn't coming to work every day and Linda and I were hanging out together every day and we did a whole bunch of adventures, even then there were days that I would get up and I'd say, okay, we're gonna go out on an adventure today and I wanna make sure that I have all the patience in the world for whatever we face. You ever tried to resolve to have patience when you're not normally a patient person? You do good, right, for like what? An hour? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and you just can't sustain that. And that's what we continue to face in our lives. So the bad news is that left to our natural devices, our best versions of ourselves are really often sort of missing in action. Man, the good news is, the good news is that in Christ, with Jesus, this kind of empowering and fruitfulness and maturity and that kind of living is entirely possible with Christ. And it's promised, as a matter of fact. A couple of scriptures I want you to see, and I'm going to preach till my time's up because I have so much to say because I've been gone for three months, We'll just go till we're done, but look at this text in 2 Peter 1.3, and the whole text is really, you know what, I, there's, I'll give you $100 if you study the whole text this week. Everybody gets $100 from me. <laughs> go, go study it, 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need. No, don't, don't go through this too fast. Don't rush this. If you've got your own Bible and it's paper, pull it out and write, underline it. In fact, if you want to pull out the Bible underneath the church pew and get it and underline it there for the next guy, that's an awesome idea. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. When I memorized this verse several years ago, the version I had, I had said, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need is in his power. So this version of ourselves we want to be in this season for our family and for our world and for ourselves and to the glory of God, this is possible through his divine power. He gives us everything we need for a godly life. And that comes through our knowledge of him who called us. It comes by knowing him. This word knowledge, you may know a little bit about the kind of the idea of knowledge in ancient Greek thought that, that this, this is gnosis. This is this idea of an experiential knowing, though. It isn't just about knowing about Jesus. What we need, friends, for God, life and godliness, what we need to be the best version of ourselves comes through actually knowing Jesus who called us. Experiential, tangible, tangible, Having experiences with him. True knowing is about walking with him and being in a relationship with him. This concept is probably best sort of illustrated in, uh, in Jesus' uh, uh, conversation with God and his prayer and his dialogue with his disciples from J- the book of John. John 15, and this is the second $100. So now $200 if you study these texts this week that I will give every person in the room. Jesus said, to his disciples, remain in me as I remain in you. Remember, he's talking, he, he, in this passage, he gives us a, a, a metaphor of him being, in verse one, he said, I'm the true vine. I'm the true vine. So, this is the image. He's the vine, and we're the branches. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. this text, the point of this idea is that when we have a relationship, a knowing, engagement, interaction, um, uh, um, even, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a transactional, we're engaged with Jesus. He is in us and we're in him. When that takes place, we have fruit that comes out of our lives that's supernatural. And without it, what does the text say? Without being connected to him, what does it say? You can do nothing. There's nothing of substance, of spiritual depth, of power that comes in our lives apart from being connected to Jesus. And this is not just about knowing about Jesus, it's about being connected to Jesus, being in a relationship with him. You tracking with me? Go like this and I'll stop talking about this, I'll move on. All right, we'll just keep talking. So, um, right, so you get it? So, this idea of being the best version of ourselves is about coming to know Jesus and to walk with Jesus. Here's a couple of slides. This is sort of just the thesis of what I'm trying to say. And so, if you miss everything else and we run out of time, I don't want you to miss this. The best version of you is not you striving. Stop. The best version of you is not you trying harder. I've seen you try, it ain't that great. We can only try so hard. (laughs) And we've tried, and we've seen marginal success in some small ways. The best version of you is not just you striving harder. So by the way, if you've been part of a religious context in which people keep yelling at you, run faster, and you're like, this is as fast as I can go, that's a misappropriation of all of this truth. So, The best version of you is not you striving, nor is it your self-discipline. Because, you know, there's that thing in us that go, hey, listen, if I can really buckle down, I can make something happen. The thing about self-discipline is we've never been consistent with it all the way through forever, ever, never. And so your best version of you is not just striving. It's not just self-discipline. It's not just your resistance to falling into some sin. You know, I can beat this because we've all been there over and over and over again ad nauseum, and we end up some same version of who we've always been. No, that's not the best version of you. Your best version of you is when you're connected to the vine, the scriptures teach. You track? tracking with me? It's when you're connected to the vine, and so his life and his fruit is made manifest in you and through you. That's your best version of you because otherwise it's just you. And this is about him in you and through you. And so walking with Jesus this season is the best thing you can be about. So at the end of this, how do I prepare my heart for these holidays? How do I prepare my heart to be What I need to be for God and for my family and and for the world that are in this time and how do I anchor myself as Linda prayed through this whole thing? It's about walking with Jesus. That's the best chance that I have. And I just want to camp on that for a quick sec. Go back, uh, Mark, one more. Go back to that idea. I'm going to camp on this idea of walking with Jesus, even if I have to skip some of the other things that I want to say this morning. I think I said it. I want to reemphasize it. Friends, this is not about knowing about Jesus. This is not understanding Christian doctrine. This is not being familiar with the Bible and its teachings. This is about a friendship with a risen Savior Jesus. An engagement that is conversational and that is a real person, spiritual person in your life. And I know that is a radical concept because everybody gets comfortable with the idea of God, the amorphous or the nebulous sort of concept that God is out there somewhere. But now we're talking about interacting with Jesus and naming his name and believing that he exists and that he is in us and we are in him. And through that, his fruit and his power is manifest in our lives. This is what we desperately need. This is why at the center of our mission statement, we're gonna to move toward life in Christ. It could say with Jesus. I wanna read you, um, if, with your permission, something out of my journal from recent. Uh, regarding this concept, I said, this is not simply a nice thought, how somehow Jesus is, quote, with us, or some sort of a nebulous presence in our existential self-consciousness. In other words, it's not, it's not just this idea that, that we go, oh, it's not, like when you ask, when you go to a junior high, um, a middle school camp, and you ask you know, people, what do you, what do you love most about God? Or what do you appreciate about God? They'll say, they'll always say something like, I just like that he's with me. It's just sort of a thing that Christians learn really early to say, that he's with me. And you know what? That is totally true. But the best version of us comes from not just conceptualizing that, this. It's not just this idea that he is with us or somehow we're self-conscious that he exists or even that hopefully he's grown us a little bit more since last Christmas. That's not what this is about. No, and then some of these words are mixed up with a devotional that I was reading and so if if I quote somebody exactly, uh, these, these are not all exactly my words, but No, it's not just that, and this is what I said. Jesus is our life. We need Jesus like we need oxygen, like we need water, like the branch needs the vine. Jesus is the missing essence of your existence. Whether we know it or not, we are desperate for Jesus. Whether we know it or not, our lives are desperate for Jesus. Whether we know it or not, our today is desperate for Jesus. Whether we know it or not, our holidays are desperate for Jesus. Whether we know it or not, our relationships are desperate for Jesus. Whether we know it or not, our hopes and our dreams are desperate for Jesus. Whether we know it or not, what we should be and what we can be are desperate for the very presence of the risen Savior that is what is truest about life. And we're not going to, and, and the good news is we get to have him. And that we're meant to do life with him. And this is not just a glimpse now and then, not just a feeling at church once in a while, but a, and not just a rare sighting, but the truth is that we do life with Jesus. So your best version of you is when you are connected to the vine, and so his life and his fruit is made manifest in you. Um, what does that look like? How do we begin? Let's talk a little bit about this, this idea of, um, of walking with Jesus and how we're able then to be at our best. So these thoughts. Walking with Jesus, we're able to bring about our best, our strength. We're able to bring our strength to the table. We're able to bring our strength to the table. And this this is what I think this looks like. Uh, First, our best comes from his gifting and his empowering, his power. Our best comes from his gifting and his power. You know, I love the idea of the Incredibles. I'm always loving the idea that we're somehow these little mini versions of superheroes because we're not just human beings that have a concept of, of a god, who has somehow done some transaction in the heavenlies that thank God I'm forgiven. This is about an empowering of a Holy Spirit who comes to dwell inside us and through whom it's the spirit of Jesus through whom we engage with him on a daily and a momentary basis. This is the Jesus that we live with. This is the life that we live with. And so our best, the reason we bring our best friends to the table in the holidays, the reason we're our best version of ourselves is that his gifts and his power come through us by his spirit within us. That's why we're able to be our best. He has given us supernatural equipment To be what we need to be in every situation. If you need to do some further studies, another hundred bucks. You're up to three hundred dollars for studying the Bible this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, those are two places to get started, okay? And study some of these concepts about gifts, about God's spiritual empowering in us. But all the but you know what, it, it isn't a big theological concepts. All it is is that when we stay embedded in Christ and he, we're connected to the vine, when we show up whether it's a holiday dinner, whether it's a season of of of, uh, of depression and and uh, and and um, and sadness during the holidays, whatever it is that we face, when we show up, it's His gifts that come through us, and we end up being who He needs us to be in that moment. And you may have had that experience. My wife's, for example, my wife. She's the consummate hostess, right? She's sort of the, in a lot of ways, the matriarch of her family tree these days. Even though she's the youngest child, this is her mom comes to our place for everything, and we're my mom's living with us, and 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 uh, and she's loving on my mom like she knows how to take care of everybody. And the thing is, when you show up at our house, I guarantee it's going to be clean. I'm going to have done the toilets probably, but other than that. It was just an agreement we made early on in our marriage, okay? And, uh, and I wasn't faithful to it all those years, so I confessed my sin, but I'm faithful to it again. So I will have done the toilets, and they're going to be really clean, so come on over. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, but otherwise, she'll have a totally clean house for sure. She'll have amazing recipes that go on. She'll have cooked them in an amazing way. Like, that. all that's going to be dialed in, but listen, that's not her superpower. The best version of her is that when you walk into our place, there is a tangible feel that the power and the presence, and listen to this word, the peace of Christ dwells in that place. And it is so thick that you won't, you'll be like, what's happening in this moment? Do You see, her superpower is not that she can knock a pork roast out of the park, Her superpower is the presence of Christ dwells in her midst and she exudes the peace of Christ so that everyone around can be touched by God. You tracking with me? You know what I'm trying to say? What's your superpower? What do you bring to the table? See, that's your best version of you. And so you bring your best, not because, wow, you're awesome. You bring your best because he's gifted you and he brings power into whatever you put your hands to. And so when you walk into whatever you're facing this holiday, when you walk into whatever you're facing this season, you don't bring your best because you've worked it up, you've strived, you've put self-discipline in place. You bring your best because you're connected to the vine and out comes all the goodness of God himself right through you. Man, that's hopeful, is it not? Our best also comes from his transformation. Our best comes from his transformation. And all I really mean about this is that so much of living this life before Christ, so much of being our best in the world hinges on our belief that he actually changes us, that he actually grows us, that we actually become something different than we were because his divine power was at work. And this... This is a hard topic to talk about because I think a lot of us live in this spiritual shame that not a whole lot is changing in me. And I just I want to say two things about that off the kind of off the as an aside. One, it maybe you're just not opening your eyes and seeing that God is at work and we'll learn to see the work that he's doing. But it also could be maybe that you're not connected to the vine. You're out there solving, fixing, trying to change, mustering the strength. But Jesus said in John 15, if you're not connected to the vine, you can't do any of that work spiritually. And so our best comes from being so connected that he's actually changing us, that work is happening and we're becoming something different. And scripture all over the place promises that that power, Power that comes at transforming power is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's at work in our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3. Those are at least worth another 50 bucks for you to go study this week. Are you, is anybody writing this down? That's like $350 on the table. If you go study these things. That we actually will become something different because of his power at work within us. Somewhere along the line, friends, you're gonna be so finally, not you, we, one, humans. I'll just first person in case you felt like I was pointing the finger. Somewhere along the line, I just finally get sick and tired of who I am and how it always goes. And I'm finally desperate for his change. And he promises to bring power. And in that transformation is healing, and growth and transformation into something more beautiful, more something that he had designed for us, that his conceptions of us before eternity began. And he begins more and more to make us into that person. We finally just get sick and tired of living on our own and we connect to the vine. It was so powerful for me over sabbatical Uh, to read, I read a whole bunch of old journals so that I could go back and see what God has been doing and where he's been leading me and what that means about the next season. And I had two amazing insights after reading all my journals. One, I'm still a flipping idiot. (laughs) And two, God has been doing a work in me and I'm not the same as I used to be. Praise Jesus, thanks be to God, glory to God, Right? Powerful. There's power in this connection to the vine in this relationship. Our best comes from his transformation. And last, our best comes from his revealing. His revealing of himself, of his truth, and actually his leading of us. Our best, we're able to bring our best to the table, friends. We're able to be this, you know, kind of be this, here's me and my strength. Because he, leads us into the truth that we need to live in. Man, these are terrible words. I'm not saying what I want to say, really. He actually will show himself to us and he will give us his words and his will and his leading. He'll reveal to us what we need to be about. He'll talk to us like a friend talks. We have the relationship that Moses had where when he went into the, the, uh, the, the temporary tabernacle, as they called it, the meeting place, the tent of meeting, he spoke with God like he was a friend. And I don't know how to communicate this any way other than to just say, if, if we do not have that kind of an engagement, conversational, interactive, intimate relationship with Jesus like a friend, we're missing out on what he's trying to reveal to us so we can live the life he wants us to live. And again, it's so much easier to believe about him, to understand truths of him, to say that he's probably in his sovereignty as the great risen, glorified Savior, somehow orchestrating circumstances so that whatever I face is according to his will. Like, that's so out there. Friends, this Savior is a boots on the ground, living in your heart by his Spirit, wanting to talk to you, to tell you things about how to live so that you be the best person, the best version of you that you can be. We're going to have to practice this together. Just this week, I started all my little times alone with the Lord with a little worship music because that's my love language. And I heard a song that I'd never heard before because the night before, uh, a brother in the Lord in our church said, oh man, have you heard this? And I'm like, no. And he, he sent it to me on Spotify. I opened it up that morning. I listened to it and this song, and this is all. I just sensed all in my spirit. You know, there's lots of times I'd be like, oh, that's so great. That's such a great song. That's so awesome for me. And write down some things for me or whatever. Or I want to make sure I write him a thank you note or whatever. But here's the thought that came. You got to give this to your kids. And then I'm like, oh, all right. So I have a little card, note card next to where I sit. And I wrote down, send this song to my kids. And then the Lord said, especially Brooke. I I just felt it. I heard it. And I'm like, all right, especially Brooke. And so when I needed to refill my coffee, I got my phone. I brought it upstairs. I shared it from Spotify with them. Shared a little note. Listen, can I tell you something? I don't know how to be a dad to my adult kids. No, no, I, I, don't know, I don't know. What do I know? I can love them in my heart. I can feel squishy toward them. I can feel scared about them. I can be frustrated by them. I can, you know, wonder why they come to my house and take toilet paper when they leave. Like, I, I can... <laughs> I can do all these things, but I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. I don't have the wisdom to know what they need, but I can listen to Jesus. So I shot the text off to my kids. They were able to get the song. Of course, it just generated all kinds of beautiful fruit, but when Brooke wrote me back, she said, oh, we sang that song yesterday in church and I've had it on repeat ever since. God's doing something with me there. Come on, how good is Jesus? How intimate is Jesus? I never would have heard that, by the way, if I just didn't get a few minutes. Quiet, shut up, Jeff. Be quiet. Sit with me. I want to tell you some things about life. Okay. My time is up. Band, I want you guys to come out. Our best comes from his power, his transformation, and his revealing. So walking with Jesus, we're able to bring our best, our strength. And that's the hope that we have, gang, is being with him. How do you move? What's the next step, you guys, around that? What would you do to move into that? One thing you can do, and, may, and I... This is just a question for you. What is one thing you can do to facilitate that connection to the vine? What, what, what out of the illustrations I shared, what out of the scriptures I talked about, what's one thing right now that you maybe even think, I wonder if God's asking me to do that? If you need a tip, this is what I, I, I asked the Lord. Can I give them a tip? What, what should I tell them? And this is what I got. If you haven't pra- been practiced in any of this, maybe try this. Get alone, shut up, quiet for a moment in the morning and pray a Trinitarian prayer. Ready? Here's what it is. Trinitarian, mean, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank the Father for his forgiveness that he's rescued you and you have a relationship. Thank the Father for a relationship. Submit to the Son that you want Jesus to be your Lord. Three, ask the Holy Spirit to tell you anything you need to know about life today. You with me on those? Thank the Father for rescuing you and saving you, forgiving you. Submit to the Lordship of Jesus that your life is his. You've settled the issue. And three, ask the Holy Spirit if he wants to tell you anything about life today. Tracking with that? I thought I got that from the Lord too late to put it in my notes. So I'll put it in the, in the uh, um, weekly devotional that goes out, email that goes out. So go sign up for that. My heart is that Jesus pushes us further and deeper into this crazy talk of a relationship with a personal Savior. May he kind of wreck us with that, shock us, challenge us but bring the intimacy that we need to be the best version of us in this season of life. Let's stand together and respond in worship.